This is a VOFM special broadcast. The COVID Report Show, Monday to Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Exclusive to VOFM 88.1. Hear it. And you are still tuned to the COVID Report. Now, everyone knows COVID-19 lockdown restrictions have provided a perfect environment for the gender-based violence in South Africa, which is already at crisis level to increase. Now we are talking to Given Sigawuke, who is the Communications and Strategic Information Manager at Sonke Gender Justice, to tell us more about gender-based violence during the lockdown and during coronavirus. Coronavirus came and exposed a lot of inadequacies in our society. When President Ramaphosa announced a national lockdown and there was no movement allowed, now you can imagine what was going through the minds of the people who live with their abusers. So, Given, please will you share with us was Sonke Gender Justice available and reachable at the time of the lockdown? Thank you for having me. So, as I'm sure you know, Sonke Gender Justice uh, doesn't uh, is not certified to provide psychosocial help. Uh, but what we do mostly is case monitoring and case advoc- uh, advocacy, media advocacy, etc. Uh, what we do then is when we do get psychosocial uh, related issues, what we do is refer them to our partners. Uh, so I think to answer your question, yes, we were and are available. Uh, and where we can assist, we do the best we can. And when we can't, uh, when it's psychosocial related, we refer to our partners. But what we do very well is uh, just following up on case, cases and and making sure that I suppose justice is served. And you mentioned the courts and getting justice, but the courts have been there's been limited access to courtrooms with limited cases being heard, urgent matters only. How has that affected the cases that you had previously? Well, these are very unprecedented times. Uh, so not only is um, the work that we do uh, affected, but it also affects the different avenues that we look to when we do our work, such as the courts. Uh, so, I mean, in brief, to answer your question, it's a bit, it has been a bit hard um, to access such facilities, uh, particularly because of how, I suppose, stringent the laws have been in relation to um, leaving uh, homes. Um, which, I mean, that's why on our side we've been punting, uh, the idea that women in this, uh, women in this period find themselves sandwiched between two pandemics, you know. You have one pandemic, which is the COVID virus, but also you have the pandemic, which is uh, gender-based violence, which, I mean, affects one in three women, you know. So it's a, it's a really precarious uh, situation where every uh, thing, uh, every outlet or, or, Avenue is almost compromised, so it's a bit. It's been a bit tricky. Uh, I won't lie to you. Thank you very much for that, Given. I'd like to get a, an insight as to um, during this period of lockdown, have would you say you've seen an increase or decrease in uh, people contacting you um, seeking assistance? I think it's a bit hard to say, and I think I mean I've been saying this uh, in most of the interviews that. Uh, I've been doing. It's a bit hard to say because of, uh, as I'm sure you know, South Africa, we have a, a massive case of underreporting. You know, uh, underreporting of gender-based violence is, is a common phenomenon. So it's a bit hard to, um, I, I always say uh, gender-based violence figures uh, should be taken with a pinch of salt. 
but I think now more than ever, we need to be uh, careful in how we analyze these stats uh, because I suspect that um, underreporting is likely higher during this period simply because um, women, uh, children, and under vulnerable other vulnerable groups find themselves, you know, at the mercy of their abusers. So, which makes it significantly harder, you know, uh, for those who are abused to report the cases because they don't have a lot of places, um, for the lack of a better word, to run to. So, I suspect that underreporting is, is, is slightly higher during this period, right? But just to, I mean, to just oppose the two, uh, the before and after, or the before and during COVID, um, gender-based violence is, is quite high uh, in South Africa. It's, uh, I think it's five times higher than the world's average, uh, and that's without COVID. You know, and so if we accept the premise that um, people being able to run away from their abusers or use families as outlets, right, then we can say it's a fair assessment to make uh, when you, I suppose, guess that there would be an increase, therefore, during the lockdown when people are not, you know, able to to leave their homes or go to school, etc. So, I mean, in short, gender-based violence is a serious issue in South Africa without the lockdown. Um, and if we say uh, people's ability to move around and move away from their abusers um, has an impact on the stats, then we can assume that because people can't run away uh, now because of the regulations, yes, we can say then, um, most likely more people are going to be um, affected uh, by GBV. But in both cases, for me, the numbers are, you know, uh, one is too many for me. No, absolutely. And uh, I think when we take into consideration the fact that we've moved from level five to level four, um, is this... Is this an eventuality that uh, you guys were prepared for? The easing of uh, lockdown regulations that could possibly be linked to an increase in uh, more and more cases being reported um, of uh, gender-based violence and more people contacting your organization. Do you think? Do or did you guys anticipate? any sort of influx in demand for your services being um, that we were due to move from level five to level four. And is this sort of the, the, the precedent that's been set that the more the regulations gradually decrease, uh, the more space there'll be, so to speak, uh, for more people to come forward and report cases if need be? You, you're slightly, I mean, a step ahead if you, you look at level four, for example, because we had anticipated this from level five, from the beginning. Uh, if you, you, you can go back as far as uh, interviews, maybe a month ago, we, we did predict that there would be uh, an increase in gender-based violence uh, cases uh, because, as I've already mentioned, that uh, people use schools, families, uh, work as outlets. So when people are unable to move, they find themselves at the mercy of uh, the abusers. Um, but of course, we have one, a case of underreporting, which makes the number slightly possibly higher. But also you have a case of people who don't have access, you know, uh, 
to the means of being able to report. So now if we decrease the levels, like you rightly mentioned, um, I think it's a fair, uh, I think it's a fair guess to assume that as the regulations ease and as different, I suppose, um, avenues of, of getting help open up, then we're likely to get, uh, more cases uh, being reported. But I think what needs to, uh, what we need to load the government on is that, um, I think particularly the GDV command center, they've been quite active, uh, I think from the onset, you know, um, so I think now it's a matter of as the regulations ease, I think my hope would be then a dissemination of information because I think we undermine the, what I can call, I think, information inequality. And we find that we don't, we assume that the information is out there for everyone to consume, but it's actually not because we, there's a information gap. So I, I'm hoping that as the regulations then decrease and then more people would get more information on the different avenues that people can access, you know, to tackle gender-based violence. So to answer your question in short, with the regulations easing, I'm hoping that a lot of people then... For all of the praise that the government has received, for the many decisive moves that they've made in their tackling this pandemic. It's also shined a spotlight on the inadequacies and um, the things here and there that still need to be fixed. Now, when it comes strictly and directly to gender-based violence and the government's capacity to address gender-based violence, would you say this is a, a reflection of the things that still need to be improved on the government's end? And where do you measure the government's capability to step up and improve where need be? The government's, I mean, as um, I mentioned earlier, the government's decisiveness on, you know, taking the pandemic, I think it's, for me, it's been world-class. Um, I think it's been way ahead of many, uh, many, many countries, you know, in the world. Uh, which is a good thing, right? Um, when it comes to issues of gender-based violence, you know, it's, it's a very intricate topic that I think our government has been, um, I wouldn't necessarily say failing, um, but it has been found wanting several times, you know, in, in its position and in its um, implementation of, for example, the National Strategic Plan on GBVF, right? Um, but I think if I'm not mistaken, it was last week when the president held a virtual uh, meeting with the gender-based violence steering committee. And what I liked about that meeting is that President Ramaphosa, he conceded, uh, to the shortcomings in relation to gender-based violence and when, particularly when it comes to the virus. But he then spoke about a four-point plan, um, in terms of broadening access to justice uh, for survivors, changing social norms and behaviors, strengthening, you know, existing um, accountability measures and creating more opportunities, more economic opportunities for women, not only during this period, but beyond, you know. So I think it was because, as I've said, we live in unprecedented times, 
um, nothing was going to be perfect as far as implementation is concerned. But I was impressed by the government's ability to, to realize that we put forward these measures and we're seeing that these measures, for example, are not conducive to decreasing gender-based violence. And then they came forward and put forward a four-point uh, plan. So I think as with anything, we just need uh, stronger accountability um, channels uh, because uh, the government has always put forward uh, suggestions and plans with regard to gender-based violence. But I think what is always missing is monitoring and evaluation. So we can, if we can strengthen our accountability channels, I won't say we should be fine, but I think we should be geared up for the fight against gender-based violence. And I must ask, given just one last thing, for anyone who is finding themselves in a violent situation, what is one thing they should know during this time? We launched a campaign last week called uh, Hashtag Speak Out. Um, the point of the campaign is to say that we are all neighbors of victims slash survivors of abuse. And the point is that we're trying to drive home is that we are not alone. No one is alone. Uh, we all have a neighbor and we all have a responsibility to protect and help our neighbors when they are in need. So I think just to answer your question is that um, the the circumstances that people find themselves are not exceptional. And if we're all going through this together. And to be able to tackle this together, we need to come together and report these cases. We need to come together and report a neighbor that you know is being violated. We need to come together and stop outsourcing, for example, the responsibility of ending the scourge um, that is gender-based violence to the government. The government, yes, has a role to play, but we are the people on the ground. We are the people that hear the screams and the noises, and we also have a part to play. So what I can say to people is that uh, reach out to your neighbors, reach out to your community because we care and this is not a one-man fight, but it's a, the whole community's fight. You are tuned in to the COVID report. We are chatting to Communications and Strategic Information Manager of Sonke Gender Justice, Mr. Given Sigauke. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us here on the COVID report. Thank you so much for having me, guys. That was Given Sigawuke, a Communications and Strategic Information Manager at Songe Gender Justice, continuing the fight against gender-based violence. And still on gender-based violence, today we speak to Nozipo Mapena from Aribuweng Community Support, an MPO that is doing phenomenal work based in Mushakeng. They support women who are abused by their partners. They encourage them to open cases and further support the victim on case appearances till a sentence is given to the abuser. They work hand-in-hand with social workers, psychiatrists, and psychologists. Please paint a picture for us of how has coronavirus affected the Community Support Centre. The virus that has been in our country for a month now has negatively impacted our uh, our, our, our operations as Aribuen Community Support. Because usually what we do when we got to victims, we encourage them to open cases, accompany them to court, and see that the case goes through uh, properly according to procedures of court. 
but because of the the restrictions and uh, uh, what we are supposed to do as people, we can no no longer go to court now and see if uh, uh, our cases are are being uh, uh, processed uh, correctly. The physical element has been taken away. And in your experience, do you feel that there has been an increase in unreported gender-based violence because of the virus? Yes, there is. We have been getting some reports that uh, victims, they would want to, 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 to open cases and to go to court and all the procedures of, of the judiciary. But now, because of this pandemic, they can't just go uh, anywhere, anytime because of they are restricted to be moving around. And it poses danger to themselves because uh, they would find themselves sitting with these perpetrators in their own spaces. They can move, they can do anything. So it poses danger to themselves. And it's a pain for us because we in, in, in the Randwest City Municipality, we don't have safe homes where we can take these victims to put them in these safe places so that they feel safe, they feel secured uh, away from these perpetrators. So that is the biggest problem that we have. That is such a massive problem because now people are stuck in their homes with the perpetrators. But should a victim be able to get hold of Aribuang? How do they get help? Yes, we 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 are proactive as uh, Aribuang community support. We 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 are forever there. Our phones are, are accessible to communities. We have a WhatsApp group that we have formed, uh, that uh, cases can be reported there. We have. Relationship with stakeholders, your subs, your judiciary, your every stakeholder that we think can help with the issues of, of gender-based violence. We, we saw it feel that we should uh, make sure that we, we create this relationship so that we can be able to help each other to refer or cases to be referred to us. I think it's very important that now you've moved to WhatsApp to be easily accessible to many people. But now with the easing down to level four and your sector being allowed to go back to work, how has it been since the 1st of May? Have you seen an increase of people coming through seeking help? Are there more physical um, aspects that have been allowed or are we still functioning with the WhatsApp group? The WhatsApp group is it's forever functioning. Just yesterday, we just had a soup kitchen for for kids that to make sure that everyone knows that we are now back to, to normality. The saddest part is that Arabwing is not yet funded. We applied for funding in the NDA. We have not yet got response. And we are just hoping that the president will make sure that the funding for gender-based violence is released so that we are, be, we are able to be proactive, to do our programs as requested by our plan, and to make sure that we touch all corners of Randwa City uh, because Randwa City is, is one area that is uh, predominated by mining activities, and we get so many cases of gender-based violence because uh, victims they, uh, they they are no longer working; they are depending on their partners to support them financially. So these victims they can't just move around because of they are financially dependent on these uh, on their partners. So we are, we are, we are operating as usual. We are forever there for our communities. Um, our community in, 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 in the greater Randwest, they should not be able to, 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 to access us. We are forever there. That is why we have even created a WhatsApp group that we can be able to be accessed easily. Some truly phenomenal work and phenomenal work that's being done 
without any support, without any funding. Should people want to reach out to you um, when they are in need of your services, how do they do that? My phone number uh, that is for public, it's 078-711-1515. So they can access us there so that we are, we are able to refer them if there's a need for us to refer. And Sisnozipo, for people who are in homes stuck with their partners, their violent partners currently, what is your advice to them? That is why we said Aribwe. They can talk to anybody that they trust so that they are able to, 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 to be referred. Because if we keep quiet as people who are, who are abused, be it physically, emotionally or financially, we would be able to get help. So if you keep quiet as a person, you know deep in your heart that this thing that is happening to me is wrong and you just chose to keep quiet. We will, we would not know. The society would not know. So it, it would be better that you are able to keep to, to talk to someone whom you trust so that they can be able to refer uh, your issues to. And um, one thing that we have realized is that even married partners, they are, they are abused financially by their partners. Uh, so that is why we are saying to them, simple thing, aribuing. Aribuing, let's talk. And that was Nozipo Mapena from Aribuing Community Support doing phenomenal work in their community, trying to combat GBV during the time of coronavirus. Thank you very much for joining us and giving us of your time. Thank you, my sister. Thank you very much. That was Nozipo Mapena on the COVID report. Continuing the conversation with us as far as the efforts towards the maintaining of the fight against gender-based violence.